And welcome back, listeners, to another production of Go Be Wyoming. On this episode, we are covering local news, Sheridan and Johnson County news. Um, this is brought to you by Alpha Graphics of Sheridan. They can help your business with any custom marketing um, design solutions. Uh, call Matt or Nadine at 674-6277. Zach, we've got some funny stuff, some interesting stuff, and then we're going to do a little sports update. Um, let's just jump right into it. Yeah, let's do it. Um, you cover this one. This is kind of a feel-good story here. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this came out uh, sometime last week, but the Wyoming mm-hmm. Game and Fish Department uh, wardens rescued uh, a couple moose up in the Bighorns. Um, let's see. It was on October 10th. This is when it happened. Um, the the uh, shared game warden, uh, Ryan Canetta, encountered cow moose stuck in a fence on state land between Murphy Gulch and IA-90, um, had unsuccessfully tried to cross the fence and had three of its legs entangled. Um, so uh, the game warden was able to remove the wires from its legs and um, after a short recovery time was able to stand up and just and move on its own. Um, so that was good. No damage or, you know, any harm was uh, came to the, to the moose there. Um, and then there was another one where, um, let's see, it was off the Taylor Mine Road. Um, a hunter reported a bull moose that looked like it had been shot or injured. Um, and what had happened was it got wedged in between a couple saplings and was unable to stand up. Um, and when the game warden came and found uh, the moose, its legs had been kind of pinned under a another tree so it couldn't get it, that traction to get out of there mm-hmm. um and it took a couple uh, people to do that um again uh Canada was there um shared wildlife biologist tim thomas um shared fisheries supervisor paul Navarakis um were able to remove the obstruction um and get the animal uh back on its way so did it did it ever say if it was so the hunter reported that it may would may have been shot was it shot or he was or the hunter was just thinking it looks like it's an injured animal. Yeah, yeah. He uh, just thought it looked it looked injured. They checked it for injuries and didn't find anything. Cool. So, That's yeah, awesome. just the way it was pinned in there was was good. But yeah, feel good story. Yeah. Um, they were able to rescue a couple moose. So. That's awesome. Yeah, no, that's uh, always good to, you know, we're not uh, we're not always uh, the mean evil hunters out here. That's, yeah. You know, <laughs> we we protect the wildlife. So. Yeah. Um, I'll cover this pretty short. It's pretty self-explanatory. Um, if you're ever curious, again, like what do county commissioners do? This is right here. The Sheridan County Commissioners, they approved. It's about a two to three year project. Um, and really, it sounds like you're reading and you're like, what does this mean? So it's a fuel mitigation project up in Story. So that's for timber. So it, they're they're going to clear out, you know, dead brush you know, fallen timber, um, and it's obviously mitigation for if there's wildfire up in story, they've cleaned it out. We've talked about this before. It's because here in Wyoming, our county commissioners can do those things, whereas in other states, we're not going to name other states, but some other states don't do this, and it's like, and you wonder why you have some problems when there's wildfire. So if you're ever wondering what do county commissioners do, they're right here. This is what they do. Yeah. <laughs> Anything to add on that, Zach? Uh, no, you know, it's, it's, 
it's like we've talked about, you know, we, we need to be able to control these things in a local sense, you know, there's mm -hmm. no reason not to. Um, and uh, it's good that, you know, Sheridan County is, is taking the initiative to uh, seeing a problem and getting ahead of it. So, and I think it's a great area to take ahead of it because really, honestly, in Sheridan County, I mean, where else would we see an issue other than rangeland? Right. Most likely up in story, you know, I mean, yep. the, there's houses up there, there's neighborhoods out there. It's kind of growing, you know, that, that we should probably really consider. We should yep. make sure we've done our due diligence of protecting, you know, that, that area of citizens, you know, and, Definitely. um, we had the fires up, you know, north of town, but that was rangeland, you know, it covered yeah. multiple ranches and um, it hurt their property. But, you know, when it's private property, it's like they can control that quickly. So anyway, so um, kind of the importance again of local government. Um, yeah. All right, let's dive into this. This is kind of interesting. I will yeah. say this, Zach, I was at Pure Energy. The paper came in because this came from the Sheridan Press and this was on the headline. And I'm reading it and I'm like, what in the world? I'm like, uh, and I only read the beginning of it and I'm like, yeah, what? We're testing our feces for COVID. And I'm like, what is going on? And yeah. then after we started reading it a little bit, I'm like, okay, okay. Other cities are doing it. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> it's still kind of weird. I'm like, really? Is, but, yeah. Um, so anyway, so, okay. Give some backstory here. So there's an article out that the Sheridan, wastewater testing so within the city of Sheridan they are obviously testing um, wastewater so fecal matter and things like that um, for COVID and currently Sheridan is at right under six percent well and this is what we're going to get into I don't understand like they relate it to infection rate which I get what I get why they're we're tracking it right because it, mm -hmm. it, it has increased about five percent in the last couple months they're quote unquote saying that's our infection rate here in town, which I, I think people could argue about that. But yeah. so anyway, that was my one gripe with the articles. I'm like, well, that's the percentage of what we're seeing in fecal matter. You know, I don't anyways, but it's kind of an interesting way to track it. The other cities are Cody, Gillette, Riverton, Cheyenne, and Green River. Um, doing this kind of wastewater testing. Um, Zach, what's kind of your initial reaction to that? Yeah, so what's interesting is they point out that the biological material of the virus um, is often found in wastewater before people are symptomatic. So it is kind of telling, you know, like you can see the spike before it happens. Um, so that was, that was something that's super interesting too. Um, they were talking also about, um, where was it here? The wastewater is useful for, uh, from a data perspective based on the virus RNA, which is your, the ribonucleic acid, um, will appear regardless whether the carrier is symptomatic. So again, you're just seeing, um, I guess you can see the, the infection rate sort of, you know, even if you're asymptomatic, yeah. um, this, it's showing up. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. When I first read it, I was like, man, who would want to have this job right now? <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. They've been doing it since July, um, and they're sending the results to the state lab. I think it, they're sending about two samples a week now. Yeah. Um, 
So my first, it's interesting, you know, I, um, I mean, I guess whatever we need to do to track and know what's going on. Um, I wonder, this is a question that I don't know nationally, like are cities doing this? Like did New York do that? Yeah. I would imagine, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things again, where it's like, is this a normal way that we test for viruses? Cause then maybe we, I don't know anyways, but yeah, then I guess that makes sense. Cause since July, we have seen an increase. And then obviously the state of Wyoming has seen an increase. Um, I don't think it is matching up though. Cause like Cheyenne, that Albany, Albany County and Laramie County, like they're seeing major spikes. Cheyenne's only at 6%. So, I mean, like that's where we're at. So again, it's, I, you know, you got to probably think about density and how many people and whatever, whatever, whatever. But um, right. anyways, so um I think it's just good we're tracking it, you know. Yeah. I guess through through your wastewater. Um but uh let's see. I'm trying to think of some other things to talk about, Zach, before sports. Um I tried looking up some local stuff, not a whole lot going on. I, I yeah. think events I, I think everyone's just being super cautious about events right now. Um yeah kind of just day by day yeah no for sure um there I, I look through the the shared and press today too to kind of see and there's there's not a whole bunch um i do see something here the city narrows candidate list for police chief Ooh. um that was updated 17 minutes ago so we can talk about that if you want i'll uh heck yeah is that on the press yeah here i'll put it in our uh thing real quick I was just on there. Those they're listening to us. That's what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just wonder if they're gonna do uh, um, a local candidate. You know that that uh, that's right. kind of been my big question is the city administrator not saying he's doing a bad job but it's, he he's kind of gone back and forth of they didn't make the pool but then yeah we're like they will maybe make the pool so it's kind of like well so did they make the pool or not like i don't <laughs> right yeah <laughs> did you did you say that just because you wanted to look outside so let's see here yeah he's got it narrowed down to two very cool Oh, wow. So the current city council is going to be able to make that. Well, I guess they can make the decision if they want to. Yeah. Um, or are these the candidates yeah. right here? It looks like it. So these are the five. Um, Go ahead. Take that first one. Okay. So the first one is Jaina Abens. Um, she is from Bondurant, Iowa. Uh, lives in a residence north of there with her husband, Darren, uh, lovable St. Bernard. They have three children. Um, they've coached soccer teams, volunteered with local Boy Scout troop, raised funds for Special Olympics, and donated time to the local school district. Um, in their capacity as law enforcement, let's see. So during football games, homecoming dances, prom, and other events, 
um, worked with students and parents in those those areas. Um, she re her husband retired in August 2020 after serving 25 years in law enforcement. She has served more than 22 years at the Polk County Sheriff's Polk County Sheriff's Office. Um, currently at the rank of captain, they both enjoy hiking, kayaking, um, just kind of their other interests there. But uh, says here she takes great pride in her role in law enforcement. Feels blessed to be part of this noble calling, which she hopes uh, to share with the shared police department. Interesting pick. Um, yep. I'm looking at Polk County, um, so that is Des Moines. Um, that pretty much covers the whole uh, city of Des Moines, Iowa. Mm -hmm. um, that county covers about almost half a million people, so that's almost more than the population of <laughs> Wyoming. <laughs> um, but that's part. That's like the weird spot of Iowa where it's like, it looks like it's like maybe an hour and a half to like Omaha. So it's, it's like that weird, like Midwest, like, so yeah. um, I would imagine she'd fit in just fine. Um, just interesting that we're taking a captain from a place of, you know, 400,000 population. Um, yep. So that's kind of interesting. Um, so three kids, you know, that's um, hmm, cool. All right, I'll take this one. Uh, we got the second candidate is Dan Brown. Let's see, Brown has 22 years of law, for, law enforcement experience in Arizona. Um, he recently retired as chief of police from the Winslow Police Department. Um, he was the chief for three years, it says. Um, prior to that, he was police chief of St. John's Police Department. Um, he started his career in 98 with Mesa Police Department. Uh, da, da, da. Let's see what's, he's got a bachelor's in education and a master's in administration and public management. Um, he is currently pursuing his PhD in criminal justice. He's a veteran of the Marine Corps and the National Guard. Wow, he's a graduate of a FBI National Academy class. Yeah. Um, he's been married for almost 30 years, has a daughter. Uh, he's an instructor as well as, the, uh, as part of the International Association of Chiefs of Police. Wow, that's a mouthful. Um, <laughs> do, 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 do. Yeah. Um, this is kind of cool. He recently received an award from the Navajo Nation Human Rights Commission. Um, for furthering the human rights of the Navajo people. Interesting. Um, he sounds like a guy that can't stay still. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's um, got to be doing something. Yeah, which isn't a bad thing. It's just that's, you know, he's kind of... Right. Um, but uh, that's an interesting pick. That's obviously Majorca Police Department. Um, I'm probably saying that wrong, but Mesa. Again, those are kind of bigger metropolitan areas. Yeah, but I like that he's had over three years of actually being a chief before, so that's kind of yeah. That he's got a lot of experience just in law enforcement um, and accreditations and stuff like yeah. that. So that is that's awesome. Um, the next one is Terry Brown. Brown worked for the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department for nine years. Uh, 1994, he joined the Aurora, Colorado Police Department and has been there for the past 27 years. Um, 
He's looks like a guy who's earned his stripes, uh, passed through the ranks as a patrol officer um, into his current rank of division chief. Um, worked in or supervised the following assignments, patrol, street crimes, field training, detective bureau, internal affairs, gang enforcement, uh, narcotics, SWAT, intelligence, SRO, investigations, and traffic. Um, prior to his promotion to division chief, Brown was the commander of the District 1 substation Internal Affairs Bureau and the Special Operations Bureau. Um, he holds a bachelor's degree in applied management from National American University, where he graduated summa cum laude and was the valedictorian. He completed his master's in public administration uh, at the University of Colorado. And let's see, attended the FBI National Academy, um, Senior Management Institute for Police, the DEA's Drug Unit Commanders Academy, um, and yeah, some leadership uh, roles too in police organizations and uh, other similar uh, groups. So nice. He's definitely got a lot of experience too. Yeah. He's that's kind of a probably a transition Los Los Angeles, you know, to kind of Aurora. That's not uh, that's a little bit outside Denverish, but um, yeah, he's got a lot of experience, almost similar to Dan Brown there. Um, yeah. And uh, all right, I'll take this one. So um, I see these last two are uh, some local names we've already talked about. Yep. Um, this one is Travis Coltiska. We'll just kind of run through this. He's a uh, close to 20 year veteran with the Sheridan Police Department. Um, he's overseen the criminal investigations division. Um, he's obviously been like the community service, you know, officers, uh, school resource officers. Um, you know, let's see, uh, Col Travis was also a graduate of an FBI National Academy session. Um, oh, he's attended a 10-week law enforcement with Quantico. Um, uh, you know, Travis is obviously, he's kind of been a Wyoming guy. He started out in Wheatland in 95. Um, he was part of the Southeast Drug Enforcement Task Force with the Wyoming Division of Criminal Investigation um, that was investigating drug and violent crimes. Um, yeah, then he's obviously, uh, you know, Coltiskas are a family name here, so he, uh, you know, he's got kids here and married, so. Um, so that's good to see. I think we kind of mentioned this, Zach, when McRae said two of them are in the running. We're kind of like, well, the two would probably be Coltiska, and then you can take this last one. Yeah. Uh, the last one here is Tom Ringley, um, 20 year veteran in the Sheridan Police Department, uh, serves as the Patrol Bureau Commander. Um, he served in all leadership positions below the position of Chief of Police during his tenure with Sheridan Police Department. Um, Again, they go on to list a lot of his um, roles. So patrol sergeant, criminal investigations, um, a lot of big, big things there. Um, they go on to talk about too, his just wide variety of involvement in the sharing community um, with different uh, groups that he's worked with. Um, he's a co-founder of the Citizens Police Academy, which is interesting. I don't know what that is, um, but that sounds cool. Um, participated in the Center for a Vital Community, um, leadership in Sheridan County programs. Um, let's see, he's also a veteran, served in the U.S. Army for nine years, um, served during Desert Storm, 
um, Desert Shield and Desert Storm. He graduated from Auburn University um, in 1988, um, grew up in a military family and moved a lot. Um, yeah, so that's awesome. And Tom also just won uh, it's the same Tom, right? Uh, County commissioner. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yep. So he's also, uh, just, uh, got reelected, uh, this year as shared County commissioner. So that's a good field of candidates. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, my, my only, my only two cents is obviously it's gotta, go, it's gotta go to, uh, um, the council. Um, mm -hmm. I think this is where it's important of, you know, the public needs to be aware of what's been asked of the candidates, you know, especially the three that are not from here or well, the three that are going to be, you know, coming here, I guess I should mm -hmm. say. Um, so, um, what's your thoughts, Zach? Yeah, I think that's a good, a good field. Um, you know, we've got a lot of people who have experience, which is nice to see, um, especially the, the um, non-locals. Um, I think, uh, let's see here, there's going to be um, interviews coming up this week with a broad swath of community members. Uh, so it'll take place Wednesday through Friday. Um, so we're recording this on the, today's the 10th, right? So yep. um, starting on the 11th, those uh, meetings will take place. So um, but yeah, I think uh, definitely some good uh, good choices here. Definitely on the right track. Yeah, I think I think all any any one of those would be great. Um, you know, obviously the public is probably going to push on those three about coming from city experiences. You know, mm -hmm. a big major metropolitan areas, but um, you can always bring something from that and 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 be you know um, successful. Definitely, definitely. Um, sweet. Well, that was good. I'm glad that popped up so we had more something to talk about. Uh, <laughs> last thing, Zach, we'll just cover kind of like a sports recap. Um, sadly, let's see, 4A football, Sheridan lost to Cheyenne East. Um, super close, but uh, just, just couldn't get over the hump there. Um, super weird year, so East uh, will host – one of the first in a long time, a home state championship because, well, and actually what's weird is the Air Force game got canceled against the university. So it's, they could have played down in Laramie anyways, but too late. They've probably already, you know, that's probably too much of a hassle to try and work that in. Yeah. But so Thunder Basin will have to go down to East and play for the championship. I will say not to knock on Gillette a little bit, but uh, this is probably their last chance of, uh, you know, because at some point they're going to equally split, you know, so right. the last chance to win a state championship as the new school. But uh, yeah. anyways, we'll keep an eye on that. That'll that'll happen, uh, uh, I believe, Friday. Um, volleyball, Sheridan, Buffalo, Tongue River, um, nothing to really speak about there. But Bighorn Volleyball finished third at, at their state tournament. So that was good showing from them. Thanks. Um, KC, uh, KC is part of the Johnson County, uh, in six man, they lost in the semifinals to Matitsi. Um, and then kind of outside of school sports, the hockey team, the Hawks have kind of some home, home games this weekend, uh, and they're playing super well. So 
you like hockey, go check them out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, those hockey games are fun to watch. Um, that's cool. And then uh, I think uh, this is the first year um, in like five years that Sheridan hasn't been to the state championship. Um, and then I think I don't remember who I, what I where I saw this, but um, there's another team too that hasn't been. Um, that's wonder, usually in there. Oh, like other divisions or another four A school? I think it was the other divisions. Yeah. Um, but yeah, something like that is the first time in five years that both Sheridan and and that school hadn't been there. So. Right, Bighorn, because Bighorn was. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um. And then I will say it'd be interesting to look, you know, in Natrona County, they didn't, they didn't make it past the quarterfinals. So I wonder if right. that probably could have been one of the first times they haven't made it to a quarter, you know, to a semifinals. Oh, sure. Um, but, uh, yeah. well, Zach, that is all for our uh, Sheridan and Johnson County news. Again, that's uh, brought to you by Alpha Graphics of Sheridan. Give them a call if you have any uh, custom print or custom marketing uh, design needs. Give them a call, 674-6277. Thank you for listening to another episode of Go Be Wyoming. If you enjoy our show, please like, share, and subscribe. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at GoBWYO. Thank you again for listening. Remember, stay resilient and go be Wyoming.